Hello and welcome to the Three Musketeers podcast. Introducing the brothers behind it, Hamid and Hissam Amiri. Join them on their journey as they discuss unconventional topics from different perspectives. Real experience with key speakers around the world. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Three Musketeers podcast. It's myself, Hamid and Hessam. Today, I want to say, well, it is. We are joined by one of our biggest guests to date. This is stature and, and physically, <laughs> yes, uh, which we'll come on to any second. I don't know what to, I don't know what to start. So I, I'll just reel off, probably snippet off what Chris Stephan has achieved. So Chris, I'll, I'll give you a chance to correct me and probably add to that list. If you don't know Chris, okay. he's, <laughs> he's, he's the co-founder of the globally recognized brand Kabuki, which many sports organizations actually use, NFL and NBA. Yeah, one of my favorite teams use these, Lakers and LeBron. It's a shame they're out. Uh, let's quickly move on from that. He's <laughs> <laughs> also the strongest pound-to-pound human in the world, having been the only person to squat and deadlift over a thousand pounds. I want to say that's well over 400 kg for, for, British, terms. for, for British terms. It's about 453, I think. Okay, there you go. Chris, Chris knows his numbers because he's always had to, you know. He's like, don't forget about the 53. <laughs> Those 53 are the heaviest. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to say you are still holding the world record on that sumo deadlift. On top of all of that, if that wasn't enough, Chris has gone and, and written a book. Chris, welcome to our show. I don't think we've done it justice. So I'll let you give yourself an intro and obviously tell us what we've missed that you want to let the audience know. Oh, gosh. That's always tough. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of people know me in the the strength arena because of the feats of strength and stuff that I've performed through the years, the world records and just just lots of unduplicated things or you know, the strength equipment we're used everywhere. Every major college and pro team out there, they use our stuff. Big stars like uh, The Rock and Thor and like Marvel Studios, they're using our stuff right now. Actually the Currently, the Rock's uh, movie that they're filming, Black Adam, like all the stuntmen and actors are training with our stuff. Yeah, I've had a really unique life. I wrote a, a book about that to to help inspire and also spur some introflection. It's really a kind of a guided book, not just a story, but it's a best-selling book in a few different categories. And actually, before I did all this stuff, I had a, a rather unique career. Uh, it was part of my upbringing, but uh, I ran manufacturing companies, aerospace, automotive, high-tech, doing turnaround work, prepping companies for sale, doing that sort of stuff for about 20 years before I decided I really wasn't living and doing what I wanted to do in the world, which was helping people build resilience of body, mind, and soul and uh, the impacts of that. And that's where my my backstory that we're, we'll, we'll dive into will really articulate where that comes from. But yeah, I've seen a lot of success in both the sport arena, the leadership arena, and the entrepreneurship arena. Wow. I did say I wouldn't do justice. And I think, you know, that I'm glad I said that because um, Chris filled in the gaps. To be fair, Chris, we would, you know, the, the idea of this podcast is we want to talk about different things such as, you know, educational and inspirational and great stories with, with people, with, with those stories to be told. And honestly, I don't think it gets better than yourself. That they, they never give up mentality. 
is a quote that I came across a few years ago. I even had a little business card, would never give up when I was going to schools and universities talking about, you know, my, my journey. And when I came across your profile and what you've done, that's where the resonation sort of hit me. And that, let's just start from there. So you talk and you've achieved so much, but if we scale it back to, I guess, you know, where you started, you know, I want you to give an idea to people, you know, where you're from when you're a young person and what was your upbringing was like? Yeah. So my, my upbringing was a little unique in this day and age. So I essentially grew up homeless in the wilderness. So my, my parents wanted to not be part of society and were trying to figure out and forge a life in that area. So, you know, we're talking about living in tree forts where, you know, filling up jugs of water in the stream and setting them in the sun so they can warm up through the day so you can, you know, bathe yourself. Heck, at six years old, we were living in an area with rattlesnake dens all around. And I was taught how to capture and handle live rattlesnakes. And wow. you now you want to sit there with a snake in your hand, you know, pinching its head between your fingers, looking at its throat and all it wants to do is kill you. It's wrapping that, you know, its body around your arm. And you have to learn a lot of lessons in that, that world. And, and the interesting thing is a lot of people may not realize, like when you live in that environment, a lot of the other people living there are not necessarily living there for the, the same altruistic reasons that my, my parents were. So we had run-ins with murderers. There was obviously a lot of drug and alcohol abuse just, well, within the family. I mean, that's what my parents were trying to do uh, to make ends meet was growing marijuana. So we're talking about Northern California in the, the 1980s, late 70s. This is the peak of basically the most renowned weed in the world was coming from in this kind of remote areas. And there was people running around with machine guns in the wilderness, people disappearing. There was serial killers. I had to deal personally with a serial killer, human trafficking of the people that lived in those areas, which affected personally me and my family. That's the type of stuff that I dealt with in my early life. And it wasn't always, you know, living in the wilderness. Sometimes, you know, it's a a home, but the home may not have running water or electricity or either. So just some really tough in different circumstances. And me, my three sisters and brother were taken by the state for a period of time. And this is all on the West Coast. So I'm, you know, from a geography standpoint, it's West Coast of the United States. So it's California. And then we, after getting taken, the parents getting us back, we ended up in Oregon and, uh, a parent stayed out of the drug trade at that point, but fell into mining and cutting wood and just doing, again, kind of stuff that we could live away from everyone, fell rapidly right back into that. But that was basically my experiences all the way up till, till high school when we finally had a mobile home. And it was, you know, the, the windows wouldn't crank close all the way and didn't have a kitchen. We had to frame up some stuff with some two by fours, didn't have doors. So we had sheets hung around the house, but it did have electricity and running water. So I had a fairly stable, you know, environment in high school. I think my freshman year, we were still living in, you know, in a, in a tent and a small 16 foot trailer down by the river. So what's 16 feet and meters. Anyway, it's enough for a couple people to live in year round, <laughs> let alone a family that size. So I was sleeping in the back of the pickup truck. And, uh, and this is, 
you know, an area that gets feet of snow every year. So, you know, there was part of the state that we'd get, it dropped, but there was one winter it went almost like negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit. So Celsius, God, I don't even know what that is, uh, Celsius, but it's, it's cold. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you said from six year old to six years to high school and freshman, what is that in, in, you know, age wise? Cause obviously here we're in different sort of educational system, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, it's in uh, Fahrenheit and Celsius that that degrees are the same. So negative 40 Celsius. Oh, wow. So yeah, high school starts at roughly around 13, 14 years old. We graduated 18, I'd be 12th grade. And so high school starts at ninth grade. Got you. So, so during that period, I mean, I'm trying to get people and obviously myself to comprehend what that means as someone at that young age to be put in that environment, you know, voluntary and voluntary, when you were in it, did you, how did you process it? Were you actually thinking about it or was it just? I was not thinking about it. And it was honestly, I think a lot of it was that survivor mentality because, you know, I was responsible during the day for managing like my three younger sisters, my brother for taking care of them, you know, while uh, parents were out tending crops or doing whatever it was. I was really in this kind of role a very significant amount of the time. And it was just different. It wasn't like bad necessarily. It was just a really different environment. Now, there was obviously a lot of, I reflect back as I got older and I think about my kids being in that environment and it, man, it just brings like just sadness to my soul thinking about one of my children at that same age being in that environment. But at the time I didn't I didn't see it in that manner, but it was, it was every day was working. Every day was doing something, you know, stringing tarps, digging holes for bathrooms, hauling rocks up the side of a mountain, cutting wood. Like that was my existence. And it was always, you know, just putting one foot in front of the other. And it wasn't necessarily a vision of like what most people would have, but it was I saw what my parents were trying to do and I understood that. And, and as it came to my choices, when I start taking of where my life wanted to go, I put that same mentality in place. Like I had this, this picture of where I wanted to be. And I knew there was no, there's no fallback plan. There's no room. If I, if I lose a job to go back home or a couch to, to crash on, like it was all me or nothing. And in fact, you know, to articulate that point. Like when I went to college, so I ended up being, I don't know if you have the same name, but uh, I was valedictorian at, high, at the high school, so the highest achiever for grades. I was a state champion level athlete. So I was a pretty high achiever in those those arenas. And honestly, a lot of people didn't even know what was going on in my life. <laughs> but when I went to college, I ended up, things got worse. So when I stepped away from the family, things actually I had some sort of stabilizing effect. I didn't realize how much my presence was doing with kind of gelling and making things move forward because when I, things got really bad when I left. And so I ended up taking custody, my three younger siblings one at a time and ended up raising all three of them while I was working on my dual engineering degrees and my master's degree. And obviously I was working full time through all this because I had to, uh, had to pay for that and make sure that I could uh, have a room over my head and all those sorts of things. But I raised all three of them through their teenage years while I was finishing my schooling and advancing my career. So it was always just, I know what needs to be done. There's no 
there's no avenue for failure. Or if there is failure, you just have to pick up and turn another direction. Like, and I developed a tremendous amount of confidence from this. And that's where a lot of people don't realize, like, failure's okay, but it's just because you have to look at it, you know, like, I know I can succeed if I come back another way, if I work harder, if I learn more, if I, you know, and then going back and doing that. And that starts building, you start stacking those wins. And that's when you gain the confidence in the long term, because the short term, sometimes it feels like think, no, nothing's moving. Like you could be trudging away. And it may take, like, if you've got big plans, big ideas, it might not be six months, a year, five years. It could be decades sometimes before, like, some of those things really start moving and falling in place. But every day you need to be putting one foot in front of your other to get there. And that's your your comment about never give up. It's that, but you've got to know, it's not just, like, busting your ass and working hard. It's knowing that you're working on the right things consistently all the time that are moving you in that direction that you want. It's having that that North Star to go, every day, am I moving a step there? Because we get so caught up. This is what I see in the world today. So caught up in being busy, trying to accomplish things that you've got these bucket lists and other things that are going on. And you're getting stuff done, but never actually you might not do anything important towards what you want to accomplish in your life for maybe six months or so. You're 100% right. And I'm, I'm here nodding along because there's something really powerful about what you mentioned there. And I want to unpick it if I can. So correct me if I'm wrong. Did you feel like because you didn't have a, another option, it forced you in a way that all I can do is move forward. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You know, sometimes that's the things that you need to, to do in life, but you got to be really, really sure. Here's the, the, here's the caveat. You better damn well know why you're making that call if you're going to burn some bridges and force yourself to move forward. Because there's going to be a lot of hard work, a lot of struggle, but if there's no other way out, you, you're going to figure out a way. You know, I, I put those lessons into my life a lot of times. I mean, I, there was a time I was going to remodel my house and I didn't have a big background in plumbing or electrical or things like that. You know, I'd done a little bit of work and I applied for the permits and then I took the top half of my house and I literally cut it off. And uh, I added a whole nother story to my house and I did all the work and figured out how to, you know, but that day that I sat there and kicked you know, the side of the roof down and I could stare through the top of the house. It's like, <laughs> I got to figure this out now because August is coming and then it's going to be September and uh, it's going to be the rainy season. You can sit there and think about things and dream, but at some point you got to take a step forward. And, and sometimes those big moves, they're going to require you to do that. But if you're going to go all in, make sure you understand why you really got to understand your values and the way that you want to live and make sure that it's not just some shiny object in front of you that's got you enticed right now do you know what that is that is crucial so i'm smiling because i went through nothing compared to yours we had to leave home at home being afghanistan and then come to uk various reasons there was a period from the age of 10 to about 12 where I think all three of us, the three brothers, myself, Hesaman, we knew we had to go through this journey, the sacrifice my mother had to make, and there was no plan B. 
we knew we couldn't fail. We knew we can't stop and complain about, you know, I want to live my childhood. I want to, ha- I want to have toys, etc. So we were almost forced upon that situation. What's interesting for me is years later, when I become an adult, I can tap into that mindset and say, how hungry or how badly do I want something? And I think you mentioned there is in a few different ways is one of them is the current situation. So let's talk about this. Frankly, you know, we're so involved in that shiny object that you mentioned that we we forget about the core values. What are we actually here for? Success somehow has been defined as, you know, how flashy is my watch or how much money do I have? Not how much impact I'm making in others and in my life. Am I, I'm actually content what I'm doing. You know, all three of us, you know, have, you know, their own perspective. So, you know, Chris, for you, do you think that's something that's been lost in, in, I don't know the current times, they sound really bad, but when you're a child, you have those crazy dreams. We all do, I feel like. But somehow along the way, when you start to grow up and become an adult, you're trying to say, I'm going to have more realistic goals because I've got to pay taxes and I've got to do this. And you lose that fearless mentality. The dream turns into a more realistic vision or option. Yeah, you see that. And you see, so I, I think about it is there's, you know, as we're, as we're growing up, there are drivers you know, biological drivers that make us make, do these big moves that teach us that maybe not teach us, but get us to work through these issues of the fear, the anxiety around these major life changes. So like one of them is getting out on your own and starting your own life and separating that, you know, that from your, from your parents, right? It is stepping into and starting a relationship. It is taking that relationship to the next level and a marriage or whatever it is for you. And, you know, starting a family, all these sorts of things are really big things. And if you think about them every single time, there's this not only excitement about the future, but a, a mixture of this anxiety and fear and all this wrapped into one. But these are it's human nature to move us through these areas. And we take that. And now once we get past that phase, so many people then fall into the rut of trying to find comfort, trying to find complacency, complete, not trying to find complacency. That's what they end up with, but trying <laughs> yeah. to find this lack of conflict, this comfortless, the, or the, again, we, we think about if we're doing well in our careers, like, oh, if I could only get to a point where I can retire on a beach in the Caribbean, these are all the failure points. This is, this is when you stop growing, when you stop chasing those things and trying to get to that next level. So there's, there's a piece of that, but there's also the piece of knowing the deeper isn't internally, you may know your values, right? But to be able to, to get that into a, the conscious world, to know why do I want those things? Why do I want to be the NFL star? Do I want to, want to, assert, to be a surgeon? Why do I want to have that watch and that, yeah, that fancy car? Why do I, you need to dig deeper. And this is, this is the problem with society today and like the hustle porn and like all that other stuff out there is going, get the grind and get your things. And, and these are the definition of success. Well, why do you want those things? And that's the part that you need to sit there and really start pulling those layers back and peeling, peeling those layers until you get to these fundamental things that are, they're no longer things. 
They're things that you can never actually have, but they're war- ways of, of being and living. And this is, that is how you start defining this North Star. And then you can go, oh, hey, my knee got taken out in a random game of, you know, flag football. I can't no longer be a, an NFL star, but my life's not over. There's so many other ways. And it's really important to understand these things. And and I'll articulate that with a, a really simple one. So it's, again, like the hustle porn is like, get the mansion and the fancy car. And, and so, yeah, maybe you want those things. No morality around that. I don't care. But why? Now, it could be prestige. It could be accomplishment. It could be, well, it could be security. It could be that if you have those things that you know you're in a position that you're able to take care of yourself and your family and not have that level of of stress necessarily every all the time because you've had an upbringing like you or me, right? But if you don't know that, you could go to the bank and over leverage yourself and push because that's all I know is I want those things. And you actually move the opposite direction and end up being in a place that you're so unhappy and you don't know why. I got the, I got it. I got the things, but I'm dying inside. Like, this is not what I like. Why is this? So, so I'm going to give some examples of like my core values to, so that people can have an idea. And this is not something that you can sit down in a short period of time and hash out. This is a lot of introspection over a period of time. And I've got a few different processes for getting to these root things. But for me, like this sense of, I'm going to use several different words for like one, because they're, they're more emotions and feelings than like a thing. So we can use language to define it, but, but it's, it it could be verbalized in a lot of different ways, but it's a sense of accomplishment or challenge, competitive nature. Like those are like, that sums up like, you know, one of those for me, right? Continuous learning to always be in this state where I'm challenging my mind and learning new things. Security. That's almost the opposite of like the competitive and challenge, right? But it is based on my past, like that's a that's there. And so those kind of work against each other. Being able to help motivate or inspire or, you know, this piece of getting people, other people to accomplish more than that they thought possible is a huge piece for me. Creative outlet. This is a big piece that I missed in my corporate career and why I, you know, one of the reasons I stepped away from it. Actually, these last two that I mentioned are, although I did have that in the, the leadership side of it. And that's what I, I loved about the, that type of work that I did. But having those creative outlets and now, you know, design and the new objects and things and, and, and ways of thinking that I bring out in the work that I do. That is my creative. So those are, you should end up with like five to seven of these like really fundamental things. And you can see how they're not a house or a fancy car. Those could be ways that you actualize it. So this is fundamentally, you have to start here before you start a goal setting process. Once you've got this, now you can start setting goals that will help you realize a life (laughs) that will live these. They'll, so this is just kind of fundamentally a big miss here because even as a child, you don't have those things articulated, right? 
they're the dreams behind the other things that maybe then again, you set aside because we get past that point and we want to no longer, we want to find comfort. We want to find no stress. We want to, and you end up with a job that's boring as hell and you hate, you're disengaged from that. You're, which means you're not engaged with your family and you come home and watch some TV and you dink around on the weekends and you're not really, and, and the next thing you know, you're retired. Yeah. And you're going, what the fuck did I do with my life? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of pieces to it. I covered a lot of material there. Sorry. <laughs> it's a lot to unpack. No, Chris, I, I love it. And I want to ask Hesom, cause obviously you were younger, you know, in that journey from your perspective, what did it feel for you when you were going through it? But also what Chris saying to you, do you, do you see a resemblance from a different perspective? Yeah. So Chris, when I was, I was reading your book, if anyone who's out there is uh, pleased by this book, it's really great. And I'm not saying that because I don't read that many books. Uh, <laughs> so when I was reading it, it felt very similar as in what you were sort of acting and behaving as a child, but you don't have, you don't realize what you're doing it for in an essence, as in you're just doing it as an ABC. And then when you look back and you go, holy crap, I did all of those crazy things like I think we simmed through, he, he held a rattlesnake. For people in UK, we don't have snakes <laughs> over here. <laughs> we just uh, see the movies. So if a rattlesnake bites you, it's, it's basically death, by the way. So unless you uh, tourniquet the limb and then uh, you might lose the limb. But, uh, <laughs> but to, to hear that, that is, it's almost like you have no fear when you're a child. And when I was going through it, because I think we were just talking about how we want to always follow the norm and always chase these, what's the word used? Porn entrepreneurship? Hustle, hustle, uh, hustle, hustle porn? Yeah, hustle porn is what I've been calling it. So it's, there's so many, you know, figures we could call out there, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> we all see it on social media, right? So it's like the, I don't mean no disrespect to, it's like the likes of Gary V and all these entrepreneurs, the people all of a sudden think this is the new normal of doing everything they do and doing it and trying to fit in. And I think there was a, there was a chapter in your book where you talked about um, going into high school and not being able to fit in, but you was like, almost like effort. If I'm not going to fit in, I'm just going to do me. And, and because I know the reason why I'm doing it. When I was reading that, I was going, this is technically what I've tried to do throughout all my childhood. But without you knowing. Without me knowing it until I was like, oh, look, Chris has written it down in a book. So this is what I was trying to do, but he's actually said, he's going, forget about following the norm. Just be you, but be true to yourself and, and have the right purpose is, is what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But by the way, I, I have some just reference. If people follow my Instagram, just type in Chris Duffin. It's like muffin, but with a D. I do a lot <laughs> of uh, spoken word pieces around, you know, internal and external change management and just some interesting pieces. But the, the being your own, I've got this really great piece. It's a poem called Unkempt. You'll find it. People love it because I, I literally... I've got ADHD. I'm bipolar. Like I'm pretty open about my, my, my issues. And as a result of that, you know, if I, you know, like combing my hair and other stuff, like I just, but I'm, I'm also a social media figure. Right. So in this environment, people are like supposed to be super polished and I got a video production crew. I've got all this stuff here, but you watch my stuff. And most of the time my hair's all over the place, whatever. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just me. I might be dirty because I just got done working on a, on a vehicle that I'm building or out in the prototype shop or whatever it is. And, uh, 
I'm okay with that. I'm fine. I'm not perfect. And this is just, you see what you get and this is me. And it's the opposite of what you see for social media influencers. So I did a little uh, piece about, uh, about that that people love. Social media. Sorry to cut you off. Chris is the opposite of the glamorized Instagram. No, uh, no, but I think what Chris is saying is very powerful is... Your faults, your everything, it's okay. Like, that's exactly. you. Like, yeah. No one's perfect. That's the reality. So why do you perceive, why do you project perfection? Because then you're creating a false image. And before you know it, you are forced to live that forced image that you've created yourself. Yes. Yeah. That's something like really cool. Like I just came up with it. But I think what, what Chris is saying, and we should take a page from his book. We should take a lot of pages, take from, a lot of pages <laughs> from his book. But I think what Chris is highlighting for listeners out there, including myself, including Hesam and, and everyone else. First of all, we'll put a link on Instagram because I think it's crucial. But don't get hyped with this social media platform. Be yourself because before you realize it, and I've said this on a separate conversation, you will create an image you will be forced to live it. You will not be happy, even though you get those crazy gold flashy items or hustle porn, porn hustle, hustle porn, hustle porn, hustle porn, hustle porn. Yeah. So what Chris is saying is be yourself is crucial. And I think what I was trying to say earlier, what Chris mentioned is those, when you take in those layers and doing that self-reflection, it isn't a five minutes thing. I've, I've tried to do it and it's taking me, Honestly, it's taking me years. It's a never-ending process, honestly. There's always revision. I use this word often. There's always more. Oh, I love that. Sorry to interrupt. But yeah. No, no, There's no, no. I, Chris, I, I, I love that. And, and I want people to realize because we tend to look for shortcuts. We tend to say, what's the quickest way to make the quickest buck? What you're saying is, there might be ways, I'm not knocking anyone for that, but what you're saying is if you really truly want to understand yourself, you've got to look back and you've got to be honest. It's just you and yourself and your inner thoughts. I might be projecting, I'm a confident and I'm successful and all these titles, but the reality is if I'm insecure, I know that even if I don't want to share it, put those down on a piece of paper and start realizing what do I need to do to break those barriers. Yeah. And what are you going to do to break those? And this is your opportunity. So this is, this is where we can talk about basic human physiology and not just human physiology. Something I've been talking a lot about on podcasts lately is if you put a tree in the biodome, like a bio, you know, this protected environment, so we can see what actually happens without the contaminants and interaction with the world, trees will grow to a certain height and they'll just fall over doesn't matter the breed, the kind, whatever. They'll grow to a certain height and they just fall over. And the reason for that is we didn't have stress. We didn't have challenge. We didn't have the pain of the world and the problems. In this case, it was the wind buffeting the tree, telling it grow thicker, stronger, deeper roots connect to the ground to tell it to grow hard bark to withstand the wind, the elements, the other things. And it basically killed itself. And just like if I go into the gym and I do some curls, my arm is going to get stronger. It's going to get bigger. It's going to be more resilient to handle the stress, the challenge, the the things of the future that we don't know. And if I break my arm and put it in a cast, the process of atrophy starts immediately. So this is body, mind, and soul. If we do not have 
finding a, a conflict-free environment is not the thing that you want. Conflict isn't necessarily bad. To find that that beach in the Caribbean to retire to is death. It's atrophy. It's that tree falling over. It's the end of life. I'm not over-speaking this stuff. So, so when you have that signal, that fear signal, that little twist in your gut, the mix of anxiety and excitement, but also mixed with excitement and other things that still makes us go, ah, uh, let's go another way. And maybe it's a conversation with a coworker, a family member, something like that that's a difficult conversation. It could be, you know, trying to take on a new project at work or maybe changing careers or going back to school or all these things that just like, there's this fear and we just don't make that step. And I'm not saying every one of these is going to come out of success, but every one of these is an opportunity to grow thicker, stronger roots, to be more resilient for the things in the future, to develop that strength, that resilience and confidence and all those things to handle what you don't know that's coming. Because if we go all in and get hit by too much trauma, a tree that gets hit by a hundred mile an hour wind is going to get knocked over. But if over time we take on a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, you can develop to being that brick wall that can withstand everything. All I'm going to say is these analogies that Chris is saying is I might have to um, use them elsewhere, you know, in, 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 in the future. Not that I'm stealing, but Chris, honestly, it, it, it's so powerful <laughs> and, and you're hundred percent right. And, so we got to turn into it. That's that's the whole point. <laughs> <laughs> we got to be when you see them, they're opportunities, and turn into it. <laughs> yeah, because and I think that's, and I think you're hundred percent right. Is and I don't know if it's social media. I don't know if it's if it's if it's other factors. We are suddenly become scared of failures and prefer the easy route. And what you're saying is in a beautiful way with the analogy is, by the way, to get stronger, to become more successful, to get whatever it is you want to get to. You have to stay out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And you have to face yeah. those challenges because that's the only way is going to make you stronger. And I love the analogy for people and I'm guaranteed there'd be a few, your, your beach holiday retirement. And as Chris said, that's death. That's death. It is. And I'm not, that's why I use those analogies to show people I'm not over speaking. This is the reality. This is human, not just human, it's human physiology, but it's basically all living things. I am not over speaking. <laughs> it is real. You become soft. You become soft in your mind. You become soft and something's going to come your way and you're not going to be prepared for it. And it's going to be too much. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't know in, in US, because over here, we've got something called the pension scheme, as in you pay in from your work legally yep, to, same. to retire. Yeah. And then you think about it, why am I doing this? I want to live my life and all this money now. Well, well, it's funny because uh, I'm sorry to, to cut you across. When I was, when I was younger, I, I'm still young, um, barely. When I started my, my work, all I wanted to do was learn more and push myself and push myself. And I still do. And I was surrounded by people that they were counting down their, the retirement date. I got five more years and six years. And I was like, what, why do you, you know, or I want to put more money into the pension because by the time I'm 65, 67, I want to say in UK, I get, to, I get to, you know, go to the beach, go to the beach. And I was like, do you really, well, first of all, the thing is you want to do this 
till you're 67. Why why not say you you can dictate your life after you're 40 or 45 or 50 or choose something different or I ask you to reflect for a minute on those people and think about how engaged those people were with their work, with their relationships, with their family, or was it just living to get through till the weekend and then nothing happens on the weekend either and hating the Sunday before Monday starts? Exactly Think that. about that. Reflect on that. And you realize how much of their life is being lived with no passion. And for this point that just to get to somewhere else, it's crazy. Think about what that person's going to think about when they're laying on their deathbed. About reflecting on their life. It's a little grim. Yeah, but think about it. You say grim, Chris. I was speaking to someone about a topic. And I said, so 2018, we lost our brother and that put things into perspective even further. And I asked myself in the past, I guess, two and a bit years, if I die tomorrow, what am I leaving behind? If I die tomorrow, what are people going to say about me? If I die tomorrow, what have I actually achieved that's going to you know, leave something meaningful here? And you say grim. And I think the opposite is actually grim. It's scary, isn't it? to actually be there like that and not be like, I'm okay. I put everything into living and doing my life that I could have. I left a mark on everybody around me. 100%. And I feel to me, that's true happiness. And that's universal. No matter what sector, no matter what you do, no matter if you're working, if it's, if it's educational, if it's sport, is knowing you've given it all. Yep. There's a very good there's just no way to describe it like i left nothing on the plate and i know through my entire life that i left a mark for the better on the people around me i had an impact on their life i've had an impact on the world what's crazy so side note if you read my book there's a story about uh one of the kind of the few mentors i had in there which was my high school wrestling coach and then, you know, this is like 400 miles away on another part of the state from where I'm at now, but he works for the company now. <laughs> and uh, oh, wow. actually next week, one of my other high school coaches and teachers reached out. He's coming by. It's really strange. Like all these people are like that you've had an impact on. It's like they were the teacher back then, but they actually go, yeah, I learned something just from being around and watching the way you live life and have stayed connected and followed everything that I've done and, you know, are still involved today in some way. It is the full full circle analogy. And do you know what, Chris? There's something about by you helping others, I feel like sometimes doors open for you as well. I'm not going to go into the whole spiritual and what's the word I'm thinking of? Karma. Calm, no, not karma. People talk about the the universe and all that stuff. I, don't get me wrong. People have different beliefs and I have, you know, one one door closes, two doors opens. I believe what is meant to be is meant to be, but you also create your opportunities. But I genuinely believe when you're being true to yourself and you don't have an intention or an agenda, but purely want to help someone, that's when you succeed the most. A hundred percent. It's a hundred percent. There's a documentary being shot on my life. It's actually in the editing phase, but uh, the producer was so amazed when, you know, over the course of, it ended up being a, essentially a, over a little over a year that he was filming because COVID slowed it down. But you know, he was flying to different spaces in the U.S. He was asking people to come here to do interviews. And and he's like, after a while, he comes, he's like, I cannot believe he's like, all these people, he's like, they're not only agree, like every time I reach out to somebody, 
I hear the same thing again. It's like anything for Chris. He's like, it's just great. Like the response, everybody's really, to, they'll pull up, they'll do whatever it takes to when I'm asking for something, if it's for you. It was just really interesting hearing his feedback about that, that process. Cause I've rarely asked for anything of anybody around me, but, uh, always been, that's my whole life. I try to, yeah, I, I, I sound, yeah, I'm going to just stop there because I sound uh, kind of egotistical or whatever. No, 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 Chris. No, no, honestly, it doesn't. How does that make you feel when people people say, you know what, anything for Chris? I, it felt good. I, I mean, it was, it was crazy because it covered a scope of, you know, 30 years, actually longer. I mean, it was actually all the way back to <laughs> 1980, but uh, most of it was people within the last 30 years. And it's really interesting hearing how you've impacted people through the years and people maybe you only, you haven't talked to in a long time and they always can remember and tell a story and go, this is, you did this for me in my life. This set my direction, this did. And uh, just being that off the wall, authentic figure that challenged everybody around them. Because it wasn't just being a servant, it was also challenging and setting high expectations and a lot of that as well like really forcing people to evaluate what they're doing and where they're going. So, Yeah, but that's confirming and reaffirming that you are making a difference around you with people and in the world. And you deserve every bit of credit, Chris, because just listening to you is making me think I need to even push myself more. I'm not sure about the curls, you know, the gyms are not fully opened yet with COVID, but I'll, I'll, I'll start, I'll start curling. Uh, I'm not going to even a thousand, thousand, thousand pounds nope. squat. Nope. Nope. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's not a thousand. It's just the fact that it's a little more this week than last week. <laughs> little stair step in the resilience, my friend. <laughs> there you go. It's like so many people are focused on self-improvement and not realizing how holistic it needs to be. Like, that's why I keep saying, I've said it several times on this podcast. It's body, mind, and soul. And all my businesses are built around the physical side of it. I've got Kabuki Strength, which does the best in it, biomechanics as far as equipment and education out there. That's why we're everywhere. Uh, Barefoot Shoes, which is a minimalist shoe company that does phenomenal around uh, developing resilience uh, within the foot and ankle complex. And then the supplementation I use is with Build Fast Formula. Those are all in the physical nature, but that's why I wrote my book because I'm like, I don't want people like leave those, those gaps. But on the same side in the self-improvement world, so many people are focused on the mental and spiritual aspects, but neglect the other side. And you can't, you've got to really be striving in all those arenas. It doesn't mean world-class or like it's the everything, but you need to have an aspect of it. And I don't care whether it's, you know, walking or going for a swim or whatever, whatever your thing is, but don't neglect one of those three areas. That's my only words. I should point out, I can curl more than 0.5 kilos, um, Chris. So I'm just giving you <laughs> the, the looks. We could talk literally for hours, conscious of time. If there was one advice, more than one, to be honest, Chris, for listeners out there, and I love those three words you mentioned, what would it be? Obviously with COVID, with everything going on, what would be your advice for listeners, no matter what age, no matter where they are in their career, life, where they are, you know, internally, externally, what would be your advice for them to, to kind of kickstart their journey? So we've covered a lot of great things in this piece as far as like 
how to go about understanding your values and digging deeper and where that priority is, how to set goals from there, how to use fear as a signal and be able to turn into those sorts of things, how to, you know, understand that, you know, that North Star and keeping that direction and just being able to put one foot in front of the others and keep that focus and that consistency. So I'm going to, I'm going to go a different path here on the end. And so this is my one piece. It's not the highest piece. I'm saying I've, we've covered a lot of good topics, but we haven't covered this one. And it is a really, really tremendous value proposition I'm going to throw at you. And that is, do not try to achieve balance in life through moderation. I want you to achieve and seek balance through chasing extremes, through chasing things that people would say are diametrically opposed. For example, I want my squat to be 100% absolutely perfect. If I say that, people are going to think, you know, don't use weight, perfect form. But I'm also going to say, I want you to put every last drop of ounce of power in anything that you've got into it. And that doesn't mean forms the win and just like, if you do, if you chase those extremes, you're going to find beauty. You're going to find something amazing in the middle. I could articulate the same thing on work-life balance. I've got a great video on my Instagram. I'll shoot you guys as well that goes through that. But there's so many areas in life that it's going to lead to an action book life. And it's also going to help you find your values because it's really easy to find those things that are big high risers in your life that I want to make this a major component. Find that opposing thing, chase those. And it's going to help you find that by making the fluff of life, the things that don't matter, the things that aren't important that are going to have to fall away. It's going to force you to prioritize. It's going to force you to find not moderation, but balance and a beauty of balance to an extreme, something that you never thought was capable before. I don't even know um, what to say. I was going to attempt to say, <laughs> let's give our perspective, but there's no way we can uh, top Chris's. So I'll let you go first, Hassan, before I go. <laughs> I can give a short one is because this is a good way of plugging stuff in as well. So I was, re- I was reading Chris's book as well. I think there's a chapter called vision and dreams so i was gonna i'm literally this is something which i'm gonna probably start using now as in the day that your dreams become sort of no i messed it up i messed it up so that's your point i messed it up you've messed it up i was gonna say don't i was gonna say don't let your dreams become visions as in like they're not gonna happen it's uh i I covered in the fact that so many people dream they think about you know, they tell you in school, be a dream, dream big, think you're going to be an astronaut, dream of being president. But they don't teach you that truly things are happening through a vision. And a vision is encompassing all the aspects, the drudgery, the work, the everything that's got to go, the entire process to get to that level. That's a vision. And that's something that you can take action on and start working at. You think back to big dreamers that you may have went to high school with and you see them 10, 15, 20 years later, and they may still be amazing. They've got these great dreams, but nothing ever happens. Don't be a dreamer. Be a visionary. Take action. Have a plan. Yeah, that's that's what I said. So <laughs> put my voice uh, over Chris's voice and then edit it out and then pretend that I said that. <laughs> oh God, that, that was beautiful. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I've had time to think about this, so I'm gonna keep it very short. And I'm hoping I'm gonna mess I'm not gonna mess it up. For me, 
persistence always beats resistance. So no matter how tough it is, just keep going at it, keep going at it, keep going at it. And eventually persistence always beats resistance. How, how was that? Yeah, that was, that was good. That's good. I just got a good from Chris. I'll take that. I'll take the good from the Chris <laughs> and the Hesom giving me a half nod. Chris, all I can say is a big thank you for jumping on this podcast with us, giving us your insight. For, for listeners out there, when this is out, we'll put all the links to how, how to get hold of Chris from social media, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. I will not be sharing his address. Um, so, you know, um, I, I've got that, but I'm not sure. This, but no, seriously, Chris, all I want to do is say a big thank you for your time, your crazy, amazing, inspiring journey. And I'm, yeah, and we can't wait for the documentary. We can't wait for the documentary. Yeah. And I'm sure other crazy goals that Chris got in a pipeline that he will, you know, he will share with us in due course. Chris, big thank you. That's all I can say. Thank you. I'm also doing something. Uh, it's not available yet, but I'm going to put the first half of my book, The Eagle, into an independent ebook and give that free to anybody that signs up on the email list on ChristopherDuffin.com. So Christopher Duffin or Chris Duffin, Muffin, except for the <laughs> D, you'll be able to find it. Sign up for the email list there. I'm hoping to have that done in the next few weeks. Yeah, check it out. Follow me on the social media. Check out Kabuki Strength, Barefoot Shoes, and Boat Fast Formula if uh, you're interested in any of that stuff. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Three Musketeers, hosted by Hamid and Hissam Amiri. Don't forget to share and follow, as more thought-provoking episodes with guests around the world will be appearing soon. See you soon.